Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Stephanie, Ernesto, and Professor Short. Good to have you here today, Professor. A big fan of your work. Today we're going to be playing Paint the Roses, designed by Ben Goldman, developed by Dominic Krepeschutz. The artist is Jackie Davis, and it was published in 2022 by North Star Games. The description is, set in the puzzling world of Alice in Wonderland, you and your friends are newly appointed royal gardeners. You are working together to finish the palace grounds according to the whims of the Queen of Hearts. Use strategy, logic, and teamwork to finish the garden whilst staying one hep- while staying one step ahead of the queen. Otherwise, the last thing you will hear will be off with their heads. The mechanics are communication limits, cooperative game, deduction, hexagon grid, tile placement. And the box art? It's a, a tree heart, a heart tree on a spring with a cat. Heart tree cat. <laughs> spring. I mean, he's not wrong. It, it is exactly what it is. It's got a very nice, like, cartoony sort of style. Um, the coloring is is pretty simple, but, I mean, it's, I think it's I think it works for the style of game that it is. It definitely looks like Alice in Wonderland. That was the first thing I thought of, and then you said it was Alice in Wonderland. I was like, oh, I win. I'm a prize winner. I like the side of the box more. It has character art that's cool. You know, I also like the side of the box more. It's got that nice green color, and the front has, like, a little splash of... Like desaturated green, surrounded by white, but like the side is very nice and, and rich. There's Jackie tiny, Davis did a great job. There's a tiny dragon on the top of the box. Is there? And I don't remember there being a dragon in Alice in Wonderland, but and that's hold on, okay. Wait, is there? Let me see. Well, I've never watched Alice in Wonderland, I so was, I don't even know what this is. Have you read I Alice think that's the smoking caterpillar. Is it? I don't really know it's Alice in like Wonderland. Like turtle so. or some shit? I don't know. Okay, yeah, you're in the same boat. You haven't watched it before either, huh? I believe really it was never? a book first. It was a book first. Yes. I've seen it. I just <laughs> I haven't read it either. It's been lost over the years. As far as I know, there were two books. You had Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and then you had a sequel through The Looking Glass. Would you pull this off a shelf, Alexi? Uh, probably just because the tagline says curious cooperative game, and I've never heard that description. That makes me curious. Also, you backed it. Also, you I did. kickstarted this game. So, yeah. you know, I still would kickstart a lot of things I wouldn't take off a game shelf. Moving on, <laughs> that, I mean, you can. This is our problem. Yeah, it, if it was if it was sitting with a side facing me, I would probably pull it off the shelf. That nice green with like the the character art like front and center. It's like it would it would attract my attention, and I would probably pull it off. I, I'm a big fan of cooperative games, as, as you know. Um, I'm also a big fan of grids. Not yeah, like, limited communication. That one I'm not really a big fan of, but I guess we'll see how it works. If I looked, I'm actually the opposite in that if I looked at the spine of it, I probably would not because it looks like a children's game. But uh-huh. then if I looked at the front of it, it looks a little bit less of a child's game and more just like a game with a specific art style. I do like it. I think it's neat. It's got that little, it's like a nice centerpiece. The And I agree. I also like cooperative games, so I'm curious about it as well. I'm going to say yes. Uh, I Mechanically, cooperative game, communication limits, deduction. I usually like those. Um, Alice in Wonderland, don't really care one way or the other. You would say you're lukewarm on it. Yeah, okay. like pretty indifferent. It's got cool. It tends to have cool art. Yeah. Um, some interesting stuff, but I'm not like a big fan. What is the premise of Alice in Wonderland? Girl goes into a hole. And she's in, like, a weird world where everything doesn't make sense. 
pretty much it's just a girl going through this really bizarre world and seeing a bunch of very odd people. Is it a drug reference? No. So how do you how do you think it's played, Stephanie? You know, I really don't know. <laughs> because anything that's an Alice in Wonderland like represented game can go so many different levels. They could go with pure crazy and just be like, "Hey, welcome to Wonderland and you're going nuts." Or it's like they didn't. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or they did or they didn't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. That's when I think of Alice in Wonderland, I think there's like a very fine line of someone who tried to make it go absolutely crazy and someone who was like, I just want to put Alice in Wonderland as my theme and then there's not really anything to it. Yeah. Potentially it could just be like a a skin essentially over it. Mm. But you would so you would say a an Alice in Wonderland game you would expect to be pretty chaotic and wacky. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Alice in Wonderland is as crazy as you think it is. Here's what I'm thinking that the game has played, okay? We are painting roses in a garden, and if we fuck it up, we're going to die. Not a whole lot of whimsy in that. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a silly premise, but like, okay, you have a grid. I'd imagine that we are going to be given shapes of some fashion, and we have to fit these like lines or like squares. It's like Tetris almost of colored roses. We have to figure out how to cram them into this hexagon grid. I'm guessing like these are her orders. She wants a T-shape here. Make it happen. But she only needs this many red roses and this many white roses. What are you deducing? I'm deducing how to play this game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a classic game of uh, gardeners trying to appease a crazy noble who's going to execute them if they fuck up slightly. Sounds like, you know, 1800s era. I think that's when nobility was crazy. Might just be for all the years. But I'm assuming the deductive part is we all have a different instruction from or belief of what the queen wants, but we can't tell each other. And we just have to kind of do things on the hexagon grid and the deduction is figuring out whatever people are trying to accomplish without knowing it for sure. All right. Uh, the, what, tell us about the history of, okay. So what, what do you know about this particular scene on Alice in Wonderland? I'm sure you know that there well, this is, is a, a scene. Well, I mean, there is a scene in the queen's garden where there are roses and she wants them painted either red or white. Are there gardeners? I mean, there are card soldiers, that are <laughs> a soldier who happens to be a playing card. And then they are painting the cards. And they are painting, painting. They are painting the roses, either red or white, depending on the whims of the queen. Well, if there's only two colors, this won't be too hard. There's, there's, people have speculated on like the symbolism of like what, what the hell are these roses supposed to actually mean. And one guess that somebody said is that it is based on something called the Wars of the Roses. Are you familiar with that at all? Do you know your, your English history? Was there like an invasive species of rose that attacked other rose species? Not even close. Not even remotely. Okay. So before we the get... The Lancasters and the... I don't know that I know the other begins one. with a Y. Lancasters. Oh, is this like the, Romeo, the Romulans and the Capulets or whatever? <laughs> the Romulans and the Capulets. <laughs> the that famous Star Trek crossover. So, oh my God. <laughs> so you're, you're, funnily enough, this was actually... So Shakespeare actually wrote a couple plays about the Wars of the Roses. Before we get into oh. the Wars of the Roses proper, we're going to take this back a little bit to... Do you know what the Hundred Years' War is? A war that lasts for a hundred years. Not quite. It actually lasted for a little bit longer, but... So let's take it. Let's take it back here to about 1337. You have England and you have France. All right. And in the southwest of France, you have a little place called Aquitaine. Right. And England technically is paying homage to France for this. It is technically France controlled. But England at this point is like, you know what? We really want Aquitaine. We want that place. We are, we want independence from you, France. Also, our king, King Edward III, is now the ruler of France. 
he's making a claim on the crown of France, right? So you have all this going on, France and England starting to get into some shit. You also have the Black Death hitting in around 1346, about nine years after um, this this started. And it is it is into this that uh, you have, um, what was his name? King Henry VI. This is what he inherits. He inherits like this kingdom that's all fucked to shit, nothing in the coffers, everybody's fighting, this, that, and the other, right? <clears throat> so you have all that for background. So the, the origin of this, of this war is you have two houses. You have House Lancaster, which you said, which is red, and you have House York, which is white. And both of these um, houses technically have a legitimate claim to the throne. What happens is Henry VI goes crazy, becomes basically catatonic for a couple of years in, I think, 1453, which he might have gotten from his grandfather. Very long history of illnesses in, in monarchies at the time. So he steps down for a bit. And in his place is appointed Richard, the Duke of York, who is the Lord Protector of, of the kingdom. King Henry, uh, Henry VI's wife, Queen Margaret, is not exactly a fan. She is from France. She has her own idea of who should be leading this country, right? She's technically House Lancaster, right? You have York, you have Lancaster. York is like, the king is catatonic, might be a nice man, not a good ruler. You have Queen, um, Queen Margaret, who is like, no, fuck you. This is our shit. Things get really bad. Wars are fought, kings are killed, children are, are murdered. You have Richard splintering into his rebel faction. You have the queen making her own faction. And uh, over the course of, oh, like 30 or so years, you have red roses, you have white roses. They are coming together. They are fighting. And eventually this all ends in, uh, what year was that? I think 1480, 1485. Richard III, who was then the king, dies in the Battle of Bosworth. Uh, Henry Tudor who is of the Lancaster house comes into power, marries queen Elizabeth of York and brings the two houses together. And in their place, you created the house of Tudor and they took for their symbol, a red rose with a white rose on top of it to symbolize the uniting of these two houses. So over the course of a couple hundred years, you have this little petty land dispute in France and England that led to a lot of people dying. And then these roses coming together, which as we can all tell is exactly what Alison in Wonderland was an allegory for. So the objective of the game, uh, the objective is each player is going to get a hidden whim card with two colors or shapes. The goal is to guess what the other player whim card is. Cards are, I guess. There are three difficulty levels for the whims, and there can only be one easy in play at a time. Um, so the more difficult ones, the harder they're going to be to match and things like that. You're going to be everyone's going to get their whim card, and then you're going to. An active player, which is the last person to have watered a plant. Uh, Kate raised her hand before leaving. Well, you have to bring her back in here then. Um, Who last watered a plant? I have never watered a plant. In your whole life? No. Not even for school? I don't like being <laughs> Not even for school? Hold on. What? You never had a class plant in school? No. Oh, well. Then I couldn't afford plants school. when I was in school. I did last water a plant in high school. I watered a plant in community college. You did. I've watered one within the last year, I'm sure. There we go. Especially if you count a drip system. Well, you had your sprinklers count? Because if so, I did that yesterday. Did you run the sprinkler? It's an app on my phone. So the active player is going to place a tile. There's going to be four to select from. You're going to take a tile and place it onto an unoccupied space on the hex grid. Tiles will have flowers, pink, red, purple, yellow, and shapes, spade, diamond, club, and heart. And then each player is going to place clue tokens on the new tile. If the tile creates a match for your whim card, 
you place one clue marker for the number of matches. Um, so for instance, let's say your whim card says purple and purple. Sure. Um, and I take, there's a purple flower on the grid. I take a new purple one. I put it next to that one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a clue, a clue there to show that I have matched something. Okay. And let's say I've now put it between two purple flowers. It matches mm -hmm. twice. Okay. And from that, you're going to start trying to deduce what their whim is based on the number of matches they have. Next, you're going to guess a whim. At the end of every round, the team must guess at least one player's whim. Oh, sorry. And then after that, everyone is going to go around. So I, let's say I'm the active player. I'm going to place my tile. I'm going to put my clues on there. Everyone else is going to place clue markers too. To, okay. And then over time, you're going to start figuring out what they are. So after that, every, you have to guess a whim. So at least one player has to be guessed. Uh, they can dis The other players can discuss mm -hmm. what somebody's whim is, but you obviously can't contribute or be very easy. Uh, if they are correct, you're going to, there's a score on the card. You're going to advance the score by that much. Uh, and then they can guess another whim if they choose to. Otherwise, they can pass. Uh, if they are incorrect, you don't reveal the whim and the phase immediately ends. Then you move the queen. The queen will move forward, chasing you down the score track, basically. Uh, if there's an incorrect guess, she moves double. And her speed is going to increase throughout the game every time you pass a little white rabbit on the score track. Then you're going to replenish. You're going to draw new whims as needed. Draw the sh uh, new shrub tile from the bag, and it passes to the next active player. And then the end is if the queen catches the gardener marker, which is your score, she beheads you, and you win when the garden is filled. Okay. Let's play. We just finished a game of Paint the Roses. To recap, we won with a score of 35. Um, Is that a question? Rabbit points. <laughs> That's our rabbit um, points. Uh, what was our winning strategy? Understanding the rules of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost our losing strategy. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to say. We didn't have a strategy. <laughs> I know. Uh, we sort of had a, I mean, we had a rough strategy. I'm, I'm, you the, just would you like to describe the rough the strategy? The strategy is use notes because if you don't, you're screwed. Yes. Yes. You need you need notes for this one unless you have like a, a galaxy brain. There's a lot of information to keep track of. Notes and process of elimination. I started trying to use uh, like social deduction in the sense of what you would play if you had a better choice, if you had something else. I did come into play once, yeah. Yeah. It's easier later in the game, a little harder early when there's a lot of options. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the theme? Did you feel like you were culling the queen's garden to make the queen happy? No, the theme was definitely a skin for this game. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like that was like anything Alice in Wonderland. It could have just been anything. I will say. You guys described Alice in Wonderland as this like drug-filled acid trip chaos. That's, this was the most logic-driven game I've ever played. Yeah, that... That's how I would have expected it too. I know Ernesto thinks it's a highly logical and well-organized world. You are a dude in a garden painting some roses, and if you fuck up, you die. That seems very logical to me. Maybe the actual theme of like putting the flowers down, but like you still get that little bit of pressure from running away from someone with an axe. It's a little bit. I mean, it's not. Uh, this, it could I mean, have been. Hold is on. Is Alice in a horror thriller where you're getting chased down by someone? It depends. Are you painting the roses or are you Alice? Let me, let me ask this. Imagine we removed 
all of the theming on it, and we just had a tracker, score tracker, score token behind it. <laughs> you had shapes and colors, mm-hmm. and you matched them on a hex grid. Mm-hmm. Would that have changed the game at all? Uh, I think it would have made it less entertaining for me. I mean, yeah, that's skinning you, you, a theme on isn't a bad thing. Like, yeah. it makes it more interesting. Actually, but. I disagree. I think this game would be better with no theme because it is a very high logic game. All the fluff makes it more difficult to play the mechanics. I don't know. I think it, I will yeah. say I was having a hard time with some of the shapes. I yeah. feel like I if they hadn't been shrubbery. If you had distinct shapes with high contrast colors, this would be a much better game. It could be sold as like a game to people who like logic high games. This game pitches itself to be of interest to people who like like cool crazy fantasy stuff and it does not deliver in the slightest yes this is definitely logic and going in i would have never guessed that this was going to be some sort of logic game at all i enjoyed what it was i think that the skin i mean i don't know if it necessarily helped i don't think it hindered it at all i I think it it didn't hinder too much and i I get why they do it because like free domain free usage and people it will draw people in but I, I'm still I, of the boat of like for a logic game you want minimalism and high contrast. Not always the case. It's you're not going to sell if you do that. Yeah, Mastermind, long popular game, very minimal. Long popular game. You're not going to put out something I in 2022 suppose. without much of a theme that gets any traction. I, I, so I get why they did it, but so my my greatest example of like a cat lady, right? Cat lady yeah. isn't really core to the game. You could remove all that and just have points on cards and matching things, but. The theme makes it such a great game. Yeah, so you would definitely lose a lot if you got the cat. Exactly. If you just played Lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to just have a skin over a game, but it that's what it is. Uh, table presence, so components and layout and just the look of it in general. I mean, a lot of the components were nicely made. There was a lot of good like figures that they had, uh, little indents that you could put all the like tokens in there, and the tokens were all like a hard plastic so it wasn't some like flimsy thing a lot of the components were good table presence was all right Uh, i'm not sure what i would change maybe make like a shape out of what you're creating just to make it more fun overall it it was an all right but the components were good yeah i would agree like the the board was some nice thick cardboard and like it was, it was nice and colorful. Everything looked good. Like the little tiles were nice to have. It didn't slide all over the damn place. Like you had the insets in there, so things stayed where you wanted them to. I like cubes. Cubes are nice. Cubes are always good. Wooden cubes. cubes are good. Good. No, they're just yeah, solid, solid yeah. work. The, the figurines were were modeled well, and the cards looked nice. I mean, like it, it was pretty good. It didn't take up a whole lot of space. It's not like a huge sprawling game. I liked it. That yeah. was good. A high quality game that could be played comfortably on a nightstand. However, I would say that the notes cards they gave us were really difficult, and there's not enough if you're going to play this game often. I would actually spring for, like, a minimalistic app would be perfect for a game like mm-hmm. this to track basically who yeah. has what clues. Cost of that gets pretty prohibitive. Yeah. Um, I do think it would. An app would be nice, just like a, a, a re, basically like a reusable um, grid. Or, yeah, if they had, like, a... Whiteboard marker, whiteboard, like little whiteboards and markers would be a lot better for a game where you have to keep track of up to four other players. I think it's five player max and it could have medium or hard difficulty cards. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. This is one that I like, was it overproduced? Like you pass the rabbit symbol, which is a symbol on the board, which triggers her movement speed. But then there's also a rabbit mini. What do the rabbit mini do? 
It looked nice. It looked like the Rabbit Mini might have other mechanics in the like five alternate module add-ons we didn't touch. True. There's a whole bunch of other ways to play the game that we can get into. But it's kind of one of those things where I'm kind of like, okay, was this necessary? Like, did this just increase the cost without really adding anything? It looked delicious. Yeah. And I'm not over, like some people are like, it's overproduced. I won't play it. But sometimes like, it's not like Wingspan has these really nice like bird egg things that just feel nice to the touch. Like I'm not always against high production, but you kind of do want them to yeah. add. I wonder if that was like a Kickstarter thing. You've earned the white rabbit mechanics. Uh, did you feel like it was a good game mechanically all flowed together? I'm bad at this game. Yep. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's fair. I've said that on games before. Uh, I, I was really bad at this game. I, messed up multiple times and on i think the third card that i had i was playing a completely different game (laughs) that's kind of more in the rules section when we get there but yes it was mechanically it's tricky because there are different ways you could look at it i thought it was very fun it's it's a lot to um it kept me engaged basically the whole time there's every, every time you put one of these hexes down like there's a bunch of options that it could be like just just strictly based on position of the board. And then as Alexei said earlier, if you're doing the social thing, like if you had a more optimal space, could that have could you have played there? It's a lot of things to take into account. And like I said, it kept me um it kept me thinking the whole time. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Yeah, mechanically it was very sound, but it's absolutely built for uh people who like the big brain logic and yeah. no one else. Yeah, it's it's a logic puzzle. I mean with hex grid and then a bunch of other components. Um, I mean, there's a lot more mechanics. I guess that was the one of the cores of the game. Seems like they wanted a puzzle that they could have done a different a bunch of different ways because there's a bunch of different ways to play in the expansion or Kickstarter. I don't know what the addition is that we have, but uh, there's like five different ways to play the game that makes it different. And have you ever played like a deductive communication limit game before? <laughs> what did you think of that? I don't think it came into play very much at all. The communication limit part, just you can't give yeah. away your own answer. Yeah. Communication limit doesn't feel like a mechanic in the game and more of just a logical conclusion. Yeah. yeah it wasn't really that much of a mechanic. Yeah. Um, it was like you have your card and if you help anybody with deciding it, you just gave it away. So like there's not a reason to have that as like a, I mean, it's it, like that game where you hold yeah. up your phone to your head and it has a word and people are trying to help you guess that word. Yeah. But if they just said the word, yeah. it wouldn't be much exactly. of a game. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a yeah. communication limit there, but it's not really a mechanic. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of a byproduct. I mean, I still Which, think it's, it's nice to have it explicitly stated just because you got to cover your ass, I guess. Yeah, but. it is there. To that, and that kind of goes into rules, which is that it's kind of hard to help people <laughs> learn the game when you can't know what their information is. Yeah. So it's like hard to like see how you're misunderstanding the game to like help you figure it out. Because it's like, well, if you tell me. It's obvious, and this goes to one Kay and I played recently, which I'm going to mention again soon, Shipwreck Arcana, where it was similar, and I was like, I was trying to help to make sure she understood, but in doing so, like, I gave stuff away, yeah. and it's just it's a challenge to teach these types of games. Here's what I'll say. I mean, like, the actual, once you understand what you're doing, it's not very difficult. It's just... Like, for me, it, it for some reason, was not clicking in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was putting down, like, hint clues, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I need to be focusing on the fact that I'm connected to this home base one and not the home base one. Apparently, there's a whole section of rules that is for a different gameplay that I was playing, but, like, I just, that was not connecting right. with me. Which I think is a challenge because they kind of made a base puzzle that could have gone, be played in different ways yeah. for different modules. 
but that means like your base game probably doesn't clear because you could be doing it different ways. Yeah. And I think that was the challenge we ran into. But this I, is kind of the problem with all logic puzzles is a lot of logic puzzles aren't a very difficult. They just need you to follow a formula to mm-hmm. solve them. And if you don't know the formula, the difficulty curve is just exponential. Yep. Player interaction. I mean, yeah, you're you're trying to figure out what people are thinking. and But it, you're more solving the puzzle than really like... I mean, you sort of so tried to social deduction it, but... It's more of you're looking at the board state and not really solving the person. You're solving the board. We we could have done this game. If we were all taking accurate notes, we could have played this game exactly the same without communicating whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's not a high it. cooperative game. It's not quite like Yahtzee bad, but it's not a cooperative game. I will say um, it is a lot since it's a lot of information to keep track of. Maybe having each player keep track of one other player, maybe that would have been helpful. Maybe, but... That problem is horrible. Look, man, I don't know. One person trying to take notes for three other people was a, a pain in the ass. Yeah, and then that brings up another point in the game, which is like if you're not really big into taking notes on games, like probably not a great one. That's where I'm saying the app would have sold a lot more on here. Eh, but then you have an, a lot of people don't like bring board games into their app or digital things into their games. That's one, they also cost a lot to produce. Yeah. Then you have to have a phone yeah. and an app. I mean, you might even be able to do something in like Excel. It's like some simple rules. If I, I can tell you, if you, if you're going to tell me, Hey, here's a board game, open up Excel. I'm out. Like, yeah. That makes you think of Excel makes you think of Eve online. If this game is like Eve online, I don't want to play it. See, okay. So here's, when, when I look at something like this, I think of like, how do you, how, how if you solve the this? game, yeah. it stops being a game. Right. You've just written a program. I know, but it's half, half of the fun for me is figuring out like, what, what would I even do to fix it? I wouldn't do it because like you said, it would suck out the fun, but it's a nice little, I think I'm realizing what might be a benefit to this game is what if it just wasn't a board game, but like an online game? Oh, like a browser game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you play it again, Stephanie? No, I would not. Uh, one, I'm not a huge logic game player. Two, I'm one of those people that doesn't like note-taking. Um, and overall, like, I didn't really find it too fun. It was okay. If like everyone else wanted to play it again, I probably would with like the additional rules so that maybe I'm playing it right. Uh, but if I had to choose to play it again, I probably would not. Base game, I'd probably play it maybe once or twice more. Um, now that we know what we're doing, I'll probably go a little bit faster, but I kind of want to see what those additional rules are like. Because I think if they, if they actually add something to it, maybe it'd be nice, nice to mix it up. Probably not. No, this game didn't really... It, w- it, it worked my brain a little, but it wasn't really fun. I don't really want to go somewhere and treat this as a game. This is more of like what I expect to be a fun assignment in school. Yeah, like a, a third yeah. uh, third grade high school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I would, I'd agree pretty much. Like you said, I, I'm not a big abstract puzzle person. And this is an abstract puzzle game. And I don't like taking notes. So really, <laughs> it's really not my favorite part. Um, I like to be able to look at a board state and be able to figure out what's going on. Um, and then I've mentioned Shipwreck Arcana, which is a similar game that I did like and would play again. And it, it's a bit more of a, you don't have to remember things turn to turn necessarily. Um, and it's a little bit more of uh, math involved. I don't know. I, I just enjoyed it more. Maybe it's because I was playing it in a yurt. Um, and that just makes things more fun. But I'm, and the theme just didn't do anything to add to it too much for me. One thing I forgot to mention is turn taking and remembering who's gone 
gets really confusing whenever when you're trying to think of everybody's. Like this almost feels like it'd be better as like a two person player game because mm-hmm. there was a point where Eric had put down a card and we completely like forgot about it because we saw his cube on a different thing and we're like, oh, that's where he started. But he started like two turns before that and we completely forgot. We also forgot to move the queen a bunch, I think. Not yeah. a bunch, but a couple times yeah. just because like you solve one, you pick up your new card, you start looking at somebody else's stuff and yeah. it's like you kind of forget to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a lot to keep track of. You have to keep track of what what is played when, who picked up their card at what time, um, yeah. which combinations are valid, which ones are invalid. You know, make sure you are putting your cubes down at the right time. You are moving your cubes at the right time. Moving the rabbit, moving the gardener, moving the queen. A lot yeah. of a lot, a lot, of, of, a lot of admin. Yes, yeah. which I usually don't like high admin games either. Yeah. So. All right, um, that was uh, Paint the Roses. Uh, if you have any recommendations of games you'd like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do it via email at firstturntabletop at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at firstturncast. The podcasting camel says, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Off with the heads. So it's a running theme in Alice in Wonderland is poverty. And, uh, is it? No, of course not. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about nobles fighting a war. It's technically not about That's that either. No, Matt, these are like the logic puzzles you got in third grade of high school. Where it's like Sally is going with someone but not with the red one. Did you say third grade of high school? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Or no, uh, he was either Diamond Club. Or the colors. Or the colors. You have to be ready to yell at So, I was getting there. I'm sorry, you just said if I have information to share it. Well, no, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Can you please me? give me the bill? No, it's red to yellow.